We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. And welcome into another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by co-host and Bears insider, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, we are now just, what, just under 24 hours away from the start of the 2019 NFL Draft. Can you believe we finally made it to this point? About damn time, man. I I, I mean, we've talked about this last few weeks, kind of, you know, off air before we get on and stuff like that, but it's like, it reaches a point in the, in the, in the draft process where it's like, I mean, we're admittedly both behind but at the same time it's one of those you know you're not going to catch up in a two or three week span so you just kind of focus on whatever you're going to focus on but at a certain point it just kind of turns into just beating a dead horse you know and it's kind of one of those like it the off season's fun until a certain point then it gets to the point where it's like okay i just want to see this roster i i just want to see what's you know who they're going to be taking who they're going to sign as under after free agents we'll get a much better idea at that point i mean there's just all sorts of crazy stuff going on i think honestly i'm more interested in just how the first round's going to go obviously the bears aren't aren't slated to pick i would be shocked if they somehow slept in you know came into the first round i just don't see any way it's going to happen but it man i i don't know there's there's a lot of interesting storylines and i kind of find it funny that there's a lot of teams that are kind of gearing the trade up for for one of these quarterbacks and one of the weaker draft classes i've seen in quite some time yeah as you mentioned you know the bears don't pick until what friday night um number 87 overall so yeah i think you know the draft kind of loses its luster a little bit for me when the bears don't have a first round pick and then don't have a second round pick um so it's just yeah it's it's a little lackluster for me, but I'm still interested in that first round because, like you said, I don't think like you know there's any running backs are going to be taken in this ra- in the first round, which 
obviously helps the Bears because all their targets should still be on the board. Um, how the quarterbacks fall in that first round will be something to watch. And I'm kind of interested and curious to see how the Bear or the uh, Vikings, Packers, and Lions draft. The Packers do have two first-round picks. And, you know, I heard some talk today. I was reading something that they might f- take a chance on a quarterback with their second first-round pick or even trade that pick to kind of get some more draft capital. It, it really wouldn't shock me if they, if they look to find – a potential replacement for Rodgers in years to come with a quarterback in this class. I hope they do. I really do. I mean, one, you're you're talking about, uh, in my opinion, about a quarterback class. I mean, I think at that point, obviously, Haskins will be gone. Kyler Murray is going to be gone. I say he's going to go the first pick, regardless if it's Arizona or somebody else. I mean, you're looking at Drew Locke, who I'm not a big fan of, and then uh, Daniel Jones, who I'm even less of a fan of. So it's like... That's cool. Like if you, if you want to do that, I mean, I would I would feel pretty confident in saying that once Aaron Rodgers retires, that that's going to be who they're going to go with, that their their run of uh, of Hall of Fame quarterbacks is going to come to an end. And on top of it, when you look at the short term, I mean, you're looking at uh, you know a team that in my mind still has a decent amount of holes. I know that every single Green Bay Packers writer and fan would disagree with me at this point because apparently getting a new head coach and, and spending in free agency for the first time in 20 years, all of a sudden they're, they're Super Bowl favorite and they're better than everybody in the division. But that's beside the point. Uh, they, they, I think they have a lot of holes. So, I mean, when, when you talk about drafting a quarterback from a bad quarterback class and you're talking probably the third or fourth guy, uh, on top of the fact that they still have a lot of needs. I mean, that's just one wasted resource, whether that's short-term or long-term, whatever it may be. I mean, yeah, go for it. I'm, I'm all for it because I'm looking at it right now, and I think that the Lions are still somewhat far away. I think that, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they won seven, eight games, but, I mean, that's not really close to contending for the division. I think Minnesota is still <clears throat> a somewhat strong team. I think, obviously, their defense is really good. Their offense is really good, too. It's just the, the, the problem there is, clearly Kirk Cousins and the other problem there is the fact that their offensive line is once again in shambles and they really haven't done much to fix that mainly for the fact that they don't have any cap space so I look at it and and I see at least in my opinion I mean this is just my take on it maybe maybe this is a little biased but I don't think so um you know I think regardless of what happens in the draft I don't think that anybody's going to come out with a better roster than the Bears maybe maybe all these teams may have done more because they had more resources whatever it may be but I think that the Bears bridged a pretty sizable gap this last year. And, you know, again, Kirk Cousins is going to be a question until he proves that he can win big games against winning teams. I, I just I have a hard time thinking that Minnesota is going to seriously contend. And I think Green Bay is probably second in line there. But even with Green Bay, you know, it's it, it's easy to it's easy to look at the offseason and say, OK, well, they they signed two pass rushers overpaid massively for two pass rushers, in my opinion. I mean, these guys didn't even total the same amount of sacks that Clovel Mack had last year. And you got obviously Adrian Amos, and then they signed Billy Turner, and Billy Turner is kind of more of a, a swing offensive lineman. And usually, when you pay big money for an offensive lineman in free agency, that's not going to work out too well. But I just I, I see, like I said, I see a decent amount of holes, uh, and also see a team much like the Bears were a few years ago. Obviously, they still have Aaron Rodgers, they still have some good pieces. But just because you spend big in free agency, just because you go out and you sign guys that are supposed to be you know, big contributors. I mean, you're paying good players great money. And as we've seen the last two years, I mean, this is a second year in a row that the Packers didn't make the playoffs. I think that there's a little bit bigger of a gap uh, between who they were three, four years ago versus who they are now. Um, and I just don't see how, even with a good draft class, that they're going to be able to bridge that gap. And plus, I mean, they're, they're new GM, and I, I can never 
it starts with a G. I don't know how to pronounce his, his last name. Gudikins or something like that. Good, but yeah, I mean, good, good kiss, good something like that. Something like that. But I mean, <laughs> look at his draft class last year. Obviously, it's only one year, but the only real pick that worked out well for him last year was Jari Alexander. I mean, you're, you're talking about one pick out of all the guys that they had. And again, it's just it's one of those situations where we've seen it with the Bears. It's really hard to be able to bridge a talent gap, a sizable talent gap, in my opinion. I said this last year going into the season. I thought the Bears, outside of quarterback, had a much better roster than Green Bay. Obviously, that proved to be true. It takes a lot more than one big offseason to be able to change that. I'm not saying that the Packers can't can compete in the NFC North, and I'm not saying the Bears won't get worse. But when I'm going in the draft, obviously, I'm going to be watching these other teams. But I just don't see one avenue where you know the Packers or the Vikings or even the Lions are going to be able to you know have this tremendous draft and somehow you know top the Bears at least in terms of overall roster. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like this quarterback class either. And if, if the Packers end up with someone like Locke or Finley or Jones, oh, I'd be thrilled because to me that'd be almost a wasted draft pick, especially in the first round. I don't I don't see the love with Daniel Jones. All my Duke hate aside, I don't think he's a good decision maker. I don't think he has a great arm. And now they're talking about the Giants trading up or trading back to even get him in the first round. I I don't I don't get I don't know where all this this love for him came from, but if he ends up in Green Bay. I'd be happy with that, and I also agree that you know the Bears are in a spot right now where they they're, they had the better roster no matter what at leaving this draft. Um, it, you know, like you said, the only position the Packers are probably better than the Bears are right now is quarterback, and that's Aaron Rodgers compared to Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I'd say Devontae Adams is probably the best wide receiver between the both both teams, but I like the Bears' depth a lot more than I like Green Bay's. And then looking at Minnesota, they still have Kirk Cousins as quarterback. Everyone might say, "Oh, he's still better than Trubisky." I don't trust Kirk Cousins. Until he can win a big game, get them to the playoffs, I don't trust him at all. And then you look at Detroit and what Matt Patricia's trying to do over there. I do think they're on the right path. I think they've made some good signings this offseason, but they're still you know, a team that's probably at least one or two years away from being a legit contender to win the division. They might you know, sniff the wild cards of the first eight weeks and kind of fade off, but I, I still think they're... They're a couple years away. Um, we have a lot to talk about this draft. Um, we are just 24 hours as we're recording it from the draft. Um, we're gonna get you're gonna get Aaron's thoughts. You're gonna get my thoughts on this draft. Um, who we like, who we like for the Bears, our running back targets, defensive backs, tight ends, possibly. Um, first, let's take our first break, and then we'll get right back into the draft talk. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And welcome back into the Bear Report podcast. Um, Aaron, it seems like it would not be a new podcast episode if we were not talking about um, former Chicago Bears kicker Robbie Gold. It's like the past three or four episodes we've at least had to mention Robbie Gold. And once again, in the news that he has requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers, he wants to be closer to his family. Uh, where does his family live? Chicago. We're going to connect some dots here. What is your take on all of this with Robbie Gold, the Bears, 49ers? It, does it seem like it's just going to happen, the Bears are going to land him, or do you think there's still a lot to be you know, kind of sorted out? 
I think it's a complex issue. I mean, this has been a roller coaster of a week so far. I mean, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, and, you know, Monday it started off with John Lynch coming out and saying that basically, you know, Robbie Gold was going to be there one way or another. And then it came out Tuesday with Robbie Gold's agent and him saying, you know, they're pulling the contract negotiations off the table on top of the fact that they want to trade. They He wants to be closer, and this is a quote-unquote, he wants to be closer to his family in Chicago. And when you're looking around the league at kickers right now or opening, you know, kicking kicking spots, open kicking spot, whatever you want to call it, I mean, where, where else is there that would be close to Chicago? I mean, clearly, I mean, you look at his Twitter page. I mean, all you got to do is look at his Twitter page. Everything is Chicago sports-related, everything Chicago-related. Uh, I, I think it's pretty clear he wants to come back to Chicago. I also think that, Given the opportunity, if Robbie Gold was a free agent, I think the Bears would sign him. Uh, I also think that that would have to wait, obviously, a little bit, just because if they were to, let's just say he was cut today, they sign him tomorrow, right before the draft or whatever. Uh, the issue with that is that they would essentially lose their fourth round comp pick that they would get from Adrian Amos. They would draw even. And I don't know, I just don't really think that's a good situation. So they'd probably have to wait it out. I think it's like May 10th, May 11th would be the, the cutoff for when guys can start signing with player, or with teams and it not be you know affecting the compensation pick. But I think when, when you look at the situation, like I said, it's just more complex. Because right now you have a team in the, the, in the 49ers who, I think, I'll, I'll just come out and say it. I think John Lynch is a terrible GM. I, I think that he got a lot of credit in year one for quote-unquote fleecing Ryan Pace with the, the trade-up. People have their own opinions of that, whatever. It doesn't it, it doesn't matter because look at what John Lynch did with those picks. He took Solomon Thomas, who's been below replacement level. Uh, look at what he's done with the other picks. I mean, he hasn't done anything, and that's the thing. And you just look at, obviously, they've had some injury issues. Uh, we don't need to dive too deep into that. I think what's going on here is Robbie Gold clearly didn't want to be tagged. Robbie Gold clearly wants to be in Chicago. I think that if the stars aligned and let's just say, you know, back when this whole thing started, they didn't tag him. He had free agency. Everybody and their mother knew that he was probably headed to Chicago. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. They tagged him. Here we are in this situation where Robbie Gold is a kicker, a 36-year-old kicker who's on a franchise tag and simply does not want to play in San Francisco. Uh, at least to my understanding, he's had some pretty lofty contract demands, and I don't know if I particularly blame San Francisco for not matching those. The issue is, is that I don't think San Francisco is that close to competing. Maybe they're, you know, they win eight, nine, maybe ten games, and they get a, you know, a wild card spot. I think that's kind of their ceiling right now, just because there's a lot of questions there. Uh, but at the same time, I also don't think that John Lynch is going to look and say, you know what, uh, I'm going to let myself be punked by a 36-year-old kicker, and I'm going to release him from the tag, and he can go sign with whoever. And I also don't think that he's going to turn around and trade him. So I think it's going to be one of those situations, unfortunately, where it's going to drag out in the training camp, and either Robbie Gold's going to show up or he doesn't, and he sits out the year or whatever it may be. But I think by that point, unless the kicking competition for the Bears goes very, very wrong uh, in, in, in training camp or in preseason, I just I still don't see a clear path to how Robbie Gould gets to the Bears unless John Lynch finally caves and either trades him for a seventh-round pick, which I kind of doubt would happen, or more likely would release him, and then the Bears would sign him from there. Yeah, and I don't think Ryan Pace is going to give up more than one of those seventh-round picks for Robbie Gold. It just doesn't make sense at this point. You don't want to lose your fourth round. You don't want to lose your fifth rounder. Um, if you can, you know, kind of part ways with your last seventh-round pick, 
that'd be ideal if you're really, you know, if your heart is set on bringing back Robbie Gold. But like you said, there's a lot of obstacles to overcome, and this saga is just going to keep getting dragged out and out and out. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. If I had to predict, you know, today, as we sit here a day before the draft, whether Robbie Gold will be on the Bears roster this week one, I'm going to lean towards no. I'd probably say there's an 80% chance, 85% I'll go with that he's not going to be on the roster, 15 maybe 10% chance that he is on the roster. But, you know, there's a lot to overcome for this and for it to happen. And I know a lot of Bears fans really want Robbie Gold back. Um, but right now, it just it continues to be just it, – it, it's actually one of the more interesting storylines of this offseason that I don't – that I feel like is not getting talked about um, enough outside of Chicago. I don't even think a lot of 49ers fans are even kind of talking about this. Well, I I don't know. I've, I've seen – granted, it's been over the last week or two. Uh, I've seen uh, a mixture of fans either saying, screw it, let him go back to Chicago. He obviously doesn't want to be here. And then I've seen the other half saying – Screw Robbie Gold, you know, the only way he's leaving is if the Bears trade Khalil Mack for him, if they trade a third or fourth round pick. I mean, it's just one of those situations when you look at special teamers as a whole, especially when you're talking kickers and punters, uh, the value isn't very high for trade value. So, I mean, if if John Lynch, and, and this is kind of the thing, I mean, if this would have been a situation where Robbie Gold said back in, in March or, you know, the end of February when he got tagged, hey, I don't want to be here, um, so you can tag me and trade me, but I don't want to be here. I think it might have been a little bit different situation because I think you wouldn't have as much pride involved. I think maybe John Lynch would say, okay, we're going to tag you and we're going to trade something for you because you tag a kicker that you're not going to keep and you get, you know, a sixth or seventh rounder out of it. That's kind of a win. But I think it's far past that because John Lynch has been very open in the public about saying that he thinks Robbie Gold's going to be there and, and they think that they were going to get something done. Clearly, that's not going to be the case. So I just I think there's so many factors within this to where, and it's just it's too complex of a situation to where I just I don't I don't see John Lynch just either up and trading him for next to nothing, which is probably what he would get anyway in a trade, just because that's the nature of the beast when you're talking specialist. Uh, but I also don't think that he's going to take that hit to the ego and again let a kicker out of all the all the positions in in the NFL, all the positions that you could possibly have on a roster, let a 36 year old kicker punk you into pulling the tag and trying to figure something out with the, with a kicking situation. I mean, they still have quite a bit of leverage in this situation, so I mean, they waited out and let's just say you know let's just I'm just spitballing here but let's say you know a team has an injury let's say the Bears have an injury or their their kicking competition just doesn't go well maybe they revisit it maybe maybe the Bears give up something bigger than what they have right now I don't know but I just I don't see this as a situation where Lynch is just magically going to release him within the next week or so or a situation more recently where you know he would trade him during the draft on let's say that you know the day three of the draft or whatever it is i just don't i i think john lynch has too much of an ego and too much pride to let that happen yeah i think you're you're dead on with that ego thing and, and think about it, we're talking about a kicker holding out the night before the draft it's just the nfl it, it's wild man um other news that went on you know ryan pace did meet the media on tuesday um at hellas hall for his like pre-draft meeting and honestly, Aaron, you told you said it before we started recording. I said it. He didn't really reveal much. That's not shocking, not surprising. The Bears don't have a first or second round pick. Everyone knows that. There really wasn't much for Ryan Pace to kind of dig into. Um, he did talk about the running back situation. He's talked about a little bit about the tight ends. Um, Pace taking maybe an injury risk on a player like he has in the past with you know someone like Kevin White or Kylie Fitz, Eddie Jackson. 
Um, other than that, there really just wasn't much. Um, I know you weren't surprised. In your eyes, though, what was your biggest takeaway from what you heard? Well, I think that it's really just kind of, I don't know, I, I, I wish I had a takeaway. I really don't. I mean, I mean, it, it's just one of those situations where anything that he says – one way or another, I wouldn't buy, you know, they, and I'm sure you're kind of touch on this a little bit with the running back situation. I mean, you talked about how they were comfortable with the running backs and, and so on and so forth. And that, you know, they didn't really have any needs. I'm sure that Ryan Pace is the kind of guy, well, actually, I, I know Ryan Pace. We all know Ryan Pace is the kind of guy that's looking forward, you know, five years down the road and he's going to look at this roster and he's going to say, okay, we have situations where let's say, you know, guard, for example, with Kyle Long, who knows if Kyle Long is going to be here. Maybe we want to draft a, you know, his, his eventual replacement and development for the year. You know, you got tight end position, you got defensive backs, uh, you know, obviously running back as well. I mean, there's so many different things out there. I mean, look at safety or corner, for example. You got a guy like Prince Mukamara who you can ultimately cut, only have $1 million in dead money and save uh, close to $9 million. Maybe they want to go in a cheaper direction there. Uh, you know, safety. I mean, same thing. There's there's one guy under contract for 2020 right now, and that's Eddie Jackson. I mean, ha-ha Clinton Dix. Deion Bush and DeAndre Houston Carson are all right now set to be free agents in 2020. So I think that maybe on the surface you look at this and you say, okay, yeah, the Bears really don't have any needs, especially when you look at the draft. Obviously, kicker's still a need. I'd say running back depth is at least a need at the, you know, whether that's one or two. Uh, but I think when you look at it, you're kind of looking more towards. You're not looking at week one contributors, guys that are going to come in and start right away. The, the Gone are the days of that, at least for this year. Uh, the Bears have set themselves up pretty nicely. But I think that fans have to keep their mind open for the fact that they simply may not take a running back in the third round. I mean, I, I think that's just kind of where we're all at. I think a lot of people mentally are, are moving towards that. I mean, myself included. There for a while, I thought for sure. Uh, you know, that, that the 87th pick or if they traded up or whatever, they were going to get a running back. Now, I'm not so sure of that because I think there's there's so much good talent. That's kind of the thing about this draft is there's a lot of good talent in the second, third and fourth rounds. There's a lot. I have a lot of second and third round grades. A lot of different people have second and third round grades to where it's simply not going to be able to fit. I mean, you're going to have you only have a certain amount of spots before you get in the rounds four or before you get in rounds five, before you get in rounds six and seven. So there's going to be talent that's going to pour out, whether that's a tight end, whether that's a defensive back. Those seem to be kind of the two positions when you look and you're you're kind of looking around and, and seeing what the you know, what some of the insiders are saying or what people that are plugged in are mock drafting the Bears right now. I mean, a lot of it seems to be tight end. A lot of it seems to be defensive back and not much running back right now. And there's a lot of good depth within the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds at the running back position where you may have a third round on the guy that may end up falling into the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from that whole thing, you know, came at the running back position. We heard Matt Nagy at the coaches' meetings, the owners' meetings in Arizona last month say, you know, how much he, he kind of how much he appreciated, how much he liked um, Mike Davis as a free agent signing. And when Mike Davis did sign with the Bears, I think you know fans were like, oh, Mike Davis, what, what? I mean, what role is he going to play? He's not, a, he's not your starting running back. I think there's a scenario out there where Mike Davis could be your starting running back. Um, week one because it, it seems to me that the Bears really do love him more than a lot of people think. Uh, Matt Nagy praised him. Matt Nagy loves him as a runner. Um, and then Ryan Pace talking on Tuesday was asked about how many carries can Mike Davis handle. His answer was pretty much he's built to handle a lot of carries. Um, he's kind of short, compact, um, and then he's gonna he's gonna play out with how many carries he gets a game. But 
that he also mentioned that they do they loved what they saw on tape. They loved him from the very beginning. Um, coaches, Matt Nagy, running backs coach, off coach on offense, scouts were all connected um, to making that decision with Ryan Pace. So it wasn't just a Ryan Pace thing. It was more of like the building loved him as a whole. He was their guy. Um, so what I think you know I took away from that essentially was they do love him more than a lot of us kind of think. And now they have a lot of depth at running back with Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis, um, Taquan Mazel still on the roster. They do have Ryan Nall. Um, and Ryan Pace talked about that depth, said it was good, and he's, he felt confident that they have a lot of depth at every position um, going into this draft. So, like we said, he really didn't reveal much. He wasn't going to reveal much. He's not a guy that's going to tip his hand, and especially in the position where he's in now, um, the Bears don't have those first two picks. You know, he's, he's not going to give away much information because that third pick just becomes even more critical. Um, moving forward, though, with, with Pace's comments and everything like that, we won't hear from him Friday night, obviously, or Thursday night, obviously, because the Bears aren't expected to have a first-round pick. But I'm just going to be curious to see what happens Friday night and how he addresses um, the pick and, and his mindset. Maybe, you know, we'll find out if he tried to trade up, if he had any offers that he liked, or if he had any offers that he, um, you know, turned down or even to trade back and acquire more picks in the draft. That's going to be my kind of takeaway from this uh, first time we hear from him since Tuesday going into Friday night after um, the Bears do pick. I do want to talk a little more about the draft. Uh, before that, though, let's take our final break, and uh, we'll get right back into it. And welcome back into the Bear Report podcast. Aaron and I just got done discussing um, Robbie Gold again and uh, Ryan Pace's press conference on Tuesday, his pre-draft conference, which he really didn't reveal much. He probably kind of gave us some generic answers, um, and that, that's not surprising at all. That's that's what's going to happen. Aaron, uh, I was thinking today, man, you know, the the last, I mean, for a long time now since the Jake Cutler trade, the Bears have had a first-round pick. Um and, you know, and going into the draft, all the pressure has been on. You have to find a playmaker. You have to find immediate impact. Um, he went out last year, got Roquan Smith. He traded up to grab Mitchell Trubisky. Ryan Pace did grab Leonard Floyd. Isn't it a good feeling for you, though, to know that, okay, the Bears don't have to rely on a top 10 pick to have a big impact come this season? It absolutely is. One thing I want to say, though, on the, the, the Ryan Pace running back thing real quick, and I need to say this because I'm getting way too many questions about it. Pump the brakes on Ryan Null, man. I, <laughs> I I know people liked the guy last year, but holy crap. It, it just Let's just pump the brakes, okay? There, there's, there's plenty of movement that's going to happen. I know that Ryan Pace mentioned him specifically when he talked about the running back position and yes. not take Juan Mizell, but let's just let's just wait. <laughs> because I, 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 I know I know Chicago loves the underdog white guy position, you know, the skill position player. I understand that, but let's just give it some time because I don't even think that he's going to be a fa- – even if he was somehow the fourth running back on the roster, he's not going to be a big impact for this team. So I, if, that's just if, one thing I wanted to say. If he had an impact, it would definitely have to be on special teams. Yeah, I, I think that's – that's yeah, that's safe. And but even then, I mean, we're, we're talking. Yeah, it's like, still. Are we, like the only special teamer we should be talking about that's not a kicker or a punter or even a long snapper is Joshua Bellamy, and Joshua Bellamy's gone. So let's just go ahead and cut that all out of the equation right now. We don't even need to worry about it anymore. But, yeah, I agree. I I'm I 
wasn't shocked when, when Ryan names Ryan Nall's name was brought up and like Bears Twitter just went into a frenzy like okay this guy's the next big thing now just let's pump the brakes a little more yeah it's yeah I I, just, I had to get that out of my system because I just I had way too many questions in my mailbag about that and it's just it's just, no just just no but getting to the draft aspect of it the fun part of everything I'm kind of curious to get your take here because. The, the, okay, we we can sit here and debate, and I'm sure we, we will. I'm sure we'll kind of get into it a little bit, who they're going to take, you know, 87 overall and all the fun stuff. But I think the more interesting thing to me is is what are the Bears actually going to do within with, with their first pick? And I'm not just saying at 87. I'm not saying, you know, cornerback, receiver, uh, you know, running back, tight end, whatever. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about position. I'm saying what are they going to do with that pick? I mean... I think it's a decently high chance that one way or another, the Bears are not going to be picking at 87. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be a trade-up. I don't know if that's going to be a trade-down. I would lean more likely to a trade-down at this point, although what I will say, and this is not coming from anything you know too reputable, there's been some talk uh, you know, some, from, from some random people, mainly agents, that basically there's a lot of agents running uh, running backs agents who believe that the bears are going to trade up and get their running back in the third round i don't know if that's going to happen but at the same time i i really you look at this and ryan pace the, the one thing that ryan pace has always had in every offseason so far since he's been with the bears is money and draft picks and now you're looking at a situation where again the bears don't pick until number 87 overall i mean that's the end of the third round and then they have one pick in the fourth, they have one pick in the fifth, and they have two sevenths. And I think that right now, when I'm looking at it, I it kind of makes me wonder if the Bears are going to want more draft capital. Are they are they going to want to go out and are they going to want to trade down? Let's just say ten picks, still stay in the third round, and you know be in that comp pick status, you know area where you're picking, you know at the very very bottom of the third round, but also pick up a fourth round pick out of it, or is Ryan Pace really feeling like the Bears have no holes? They have their guy at 87. It doesn't even have to be a running back or, you know, before that 87 pick. And they trade up a little bit and they either trade away a future pick or they trade away, you know, the fifth round pick or something like that. I mean, it's just one of those. I think I'm more curious about how Ryan Pace is going to maneuver without so many picks and without high round picks because, We've talked about this before, and this is a concern of mine with the Bears trading up. I know a lot of people look at it and say, well, they have you know, they have uh, two second-round picks next year. The problem is is they don't have a first-round pick, and they don't have a third-round pick next year. So they're they're almost in the, the, a similar situation to what they are this year. At some point in time, the bill is going to come due on Khalil Mack. One way, shape, or form, the, the picks that they traded for Khalil Mack, at some point, they're going to have to pay for those. Ryan Pace is not going to be able to keep kicking the can down the road. So... I'm curious to get your perspective here because I feel like the Bears aren't going to pick at 87, and I honestly kind of feel like they're going to trade back five, ten picks, and maybe even in the fourth round to be able to pick up some more draft capital because I feel like a lot of the guys that they've privately met with, that they've that they've worked out and stuff like that, a lot of those targets are more towards the mid-rounds. When I say mid-rounds, I'm talking four, five, and six. Yeah, so for me, um, honestly, as we sit here, I think they're going to pick at 87. Um, I just wouldn't be shocked if they did make a move just because of what Ryan Pace's draft history has been. I mean, how many times in a draft has he moved up or back during a draft? I mean, it's happened Eight. pretty much. It, it, it's had been one at least one a year, right? Maybe two yeah. a year? Uh, 
there was basically he's had his first draft he didn't move at all um and then the okay. last three drafts that he's had he's moved eight times five of those have been up and three of those have been down so that's three out of the four he's made a trade during the draft and you know when you're talking you think of the obvious ones obviously trubisky um was one going up for anthony miller did he make a trade back and grab cody white here he traded back twice with Cody White here. He traded back once with Adam Shaheen, and uh, he traded up for Nick Wachowski, traded up for Eddie Jackson. I mean, yeah, he's Leonard, moved, Did he trade up for Leonard Floyd? He traded up for Leonard Floyd, yes. too. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he's, that, again, I mean, he's he's made all sorts of moves, and that's kind of the thing. Like, I don't think Ryan Pace is going to change his approach uh, in terms no. of moving around, so that's kind of why I wonder if not the third pick, the fourth pick, but I, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling that he's not going to be picking at 87. I hope it's not into the fourth because I really don't want to watch two days of the draft and the Bears not pick. Yeah. That would kind of oh, be boring, man. but <laughs> at the same I mean, time, I mean, Ryan Pace has been really good with his fourth and fifth round picks, so... Yeah, and you and you can't rule it out. I I mean I I think they're gonna stay at eighty seven, but you it just would not shock me. And to your point about um, what was it agents thinking the Bears are gonna trade up? If that's the case, it has to be what Miles Sanders or Darrell Henderson. I would, I mean, I would assume unless they, I I don't know, maybe they have eyes on David Montgomery. And that's kind of the thing. I mean. Again, we're, this is comp- pure speculation. I'm not sourcing anything. I'm simply saying what I've heard. I don't really buy anything what I've heard right now because, and that's the other thing, like Dane Brugler, for example, who's very usually very well connected with the Bears, put out his mock draft, and he, and he said it a few times as well. He said that the Bears really like David Long, uh, you know, with the third pick, and they really like Ry- or, sorry, Rockwell Armstead. That's I've, I've watched enough film on the guy to, to actually know how to pronounce his <laughs> name right. Rockwell uh, Armstead is a guy that apparently the Bears really like. Uh, I don't know. I, it's just one of the, I, I won't lie and I'm going to put it out on record right now. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I will not be very happy if Armstead is their pick at running back. I just don't see it with him at all. But again, there's just, there's so much information right now going around that you just, you don't know what's true, what's not. I mean, ultimately Ryan Pace could sit and make every single one of his picks and be good. But I just, I don't know. I just, I don't see it happening. I think that's, at least to me, that's a bigger storyline than, than maybe who they're going to take with the first pick. Yeah, and that's what happens, you know, leading up into this draft. Is as we get closer and closer, there's all these storylines um, developing, and people are saying this, people are saying that. I mean, look at the first round. I mean, just to talk around Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen alone, like it, it, it's crazy. The first round talk, and then now you're even going back into the third and fourth round talk, as you were saying. Yeah, man, I don't know. I I think they're gonna pick at 87. I just I don't see them moving up to get a guy just. Because for the simple fact that if if it's not Miles Sanders, I'd be completely shocked if he traded up to grab a running back. I just think this class is so deep, you could wait into the fourth. And I'll even say you might even be able to wait into the fifth round to get your guy at running back if you truly believe that is your guy. Um, now at 87, I mean, if, if there's a situation that presents Ryan Pace where he's got a tight end, um, a safety, maybe an edge guy that he really likes, um, you know, there's three guys there, you know, he's going to wait. And maybe he does, I mean, maybe he does trade back and try to acquire more picks. Remember, they do have a lot of picks next year, but I don't see him parting ways with any of those second-round picks due to the fact that they don't have the third-rounder. Um, how they, Don't they have three fourth-rounders? 
two well, fourth rounders. They have, and that's and that's the. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because they have the they have the two second rounders. They're gonna have, assuming that the Adrian Amos comp pick is a fourth rounder, they would have two fourth rounders. They would have two fifth rounders because they'd have their own. Then they'd have the Raiders pick, uh, which is also conditional, but I would imagine that would stay probably a fifth. And then there's the what is it, the sixth round pick, which Jordan Howard and they got their own. So and they'll have a seventh round pick as well. Here, but here's the, the, how, the Howard could turn to the fifth round, right? Yeah, and I, I don't see any way, shape, or form that that's going to yeah. happen. I don't think they're going to use them enough. See, my issue with that thought process with people, so, oh, they got a good amount of picks. Okay, maybe in quantity they do, but when you're looking at the quality of those picks, right, outside of the two second-round picks that they have, I mean, if the Bears are good, which, I mean, we can we sure as hell hope they are because, I mean, if if not, then this, this, this conversation that we're having right now is going to be very disappointing here in about a year from now. But if they're good then you're looking at basically late round or you know late in the round picks on top of that comp pick that they get for for Amos I mean it the, you're talking that's going to be a late late fourth rounder I mean it's one of those situations where yes they're going to have a lot of picks in terms of quantity but the quality of those picks even within the rounds are not that great so I mean you're talking about again I mean you're kind of kicking the can down the road if you if you trade up and you want a running back and, and keep in mind, this is something that somebody brought up today that I thought was actually a pretty good point. If you're going to trade up for running back and you say you claim you like Mike Davis as much as you do, do you really want to trade up into, you know, the, the beginning of the third round or, you know, the second round and give up one of your valuable second round picks from next year when you're still not going to have a lot of cap space and you're still not going to have that, you know, great amount of picks that are actually probably going to be impact picks? When you look at that, do you really want to trade up for a running back? That is going to be getting 15, you know, 10 to 15 carries a game at max, and it's probably going to be on the field 50, 60 percent of the time. I, I just, no, I mean, no. you, you, and that's kind of, so I guess that's kind of my thing when you're looking at trading up, period, is okay, cool, you have a decent amount of picks next year, but the quality of those picks aren't that great. And again, it, at some point, the, the bill on Khalil Max got to be due, and that's something that I think we all kind of have to accept at some point is. The Bears did a lot last year. They traded up for Anthony Miller. They traded for Khalil Mack. They did a lot last year. It's going to be more boring than usual. Maybe we're not going to see the sexy names that we did. But at the same time, the Bears don't need that. No, they have a lot of sexy names on that roster already. Um, to that point, though, you know, you just say if you will trade up to get a running back that's going to take 15 carries. If you trade up to get a running back and it, it, it's, someone, it's someone like Miles Sanders, you better damn hope that Miles Sanders is – close to a generational running back or at least a five six year starter at running back yeah but, i would I, I would agree with that yeah because you can't i mean like you said you can't risk that capital next year especially having only the two second rounders not having a third round pick because you're going to be in a really bad situation next year and it just kind of seems like you're just you know delaying the inevitable of you're going to have to pay that bill on cleo mack and eventually you're going to have to just suck it up and just either take a hit or you know something's going to happen. I, I don't. Know, I just think I still think wait for a running back, which kind of brings me to the next question here. As it stands now, as we go in, you know, 24 hours into this draft, as we're recording, what are the chances the Bears take a running back in the third round for you? Well, I was actually going to kind of tie into a question that I was kind of curious to get your your interest on as well. I think, oh man, I would say I would say 50-50 because it wouldn't shock me if Ryan Pace is kind of hiding his interest here. And the other factor, and this is kind of a big factor for me that I'm, I'm kind of curious if you're buying this, Mel Kuyper, who's very well connected. I, I don't 
I won't lie, I don't agree with a lot of his draft evaluations because I think he does a lot more sore scouting than he actually does watching the players. But he's very well connected. He's very well respected. I'm not taking anything away from him. The one thing that he said that really stood out to me, and I think Daniel Jeremiah has kind of said it too, is the league as a whole isn't very high on this running back class. And Mel Kuyper basically all but guaranteed it was i think it was on espn 1000 all but guaranteed that darrell henderson was going to be there at 87 and that miles sanders was probably going to be there at 87 if not past 87 i i don't know about you but i don't buy that i'm with you i don't buy that at all i think those are two of the better running backs i just think you, i don't think there, there's no way you go 86 picks essentially without without them gone yeah i just i don't see it and that's the thing so in a situation like that, let, let's just say one of those guys falls, or even David Montgomery. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would think that the Bears would probably take a running back there. But if they don't, and you're looking at, let's say, Raquel Armstead and 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 Travion Williams, and maybe even Devin, Devin Singletary, depending on how you evaluate him, I have a fourth round grade on him. So, I mean, if you're looking at guys like that versus, let's say, Jay Sternberger or Josh Oliver's there or Christian uh, Christian Miller, you know, an edge rusher or O'Shane Minis or or somebody like that, David Long. I mean, one of the one of the corners, Joe Juan Williams. I mean, any of those guys. I mean. If you see that value where maybe they're not going to be a starter this year, but they're also going to be able to contribute this year and they're going to be expected to be a long-term starter down the line, to me that has a little bit more value than running back as a whole because I think the Bears, I do believe that the Bears are somewhat comfortable with running back right now. Obviously, I think they're going to add somebody and I think they want to add somebody, but I think that you can you can make running backs fit via the scheme and, and via what they're trying to do right now with Cohen, with Davis, with Patterson. I'm not going to mention the other two because it's not even worth mentioning at this point. But I think that when you look at corner, when you look at safety, uh, maybe even tight end, I mean, there's just there's other positions where I think the Bears have to look towards the future because the reality is, yes, they can maneuver the cap, but at the same time, they're also in a position where they can't freely go into an offseason with 50 or $60 million to spend and be able to fill whatever the holes they want. Those days are long gone, and they're not going to come back anytime soon because they're paying Khalil Mack essentially quarterback money, and they're going to be paying Trubisky uh, real quarterback money within the next few years. So I think that at a certain point, you have to kind of look and say, okay, we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to take a guy in the third round that maybe isn't going to contribute that much or projected to contribute that much right off the bat. But in the long run, he's going to be more valuable. Plus, the running back class from next year looks a hell of a lot better than this year. So that's another factor as well. So I would say if there's any sort of good value from any other positions on the board at 87, assuming they stay at 87, and a guy like Henderson, a guy like Sanders, or Montgomery aren't there, then I would prefer the Bears going another direction. I'm with you. I'm more at 60, 40 that they, you know, 60% they're not going to take a running back. I'd say 40 that they are. Um yeah, so if you so if there's an edge guy there that you that you love at 87 overall, and you're Ryan Pace and you're looking at your roster, you have Cleo Mack, you have Leonard Floyd. Those are your two starters going into next year. After that, the depth is very questionable. But if you can get a guy to come in and play 15 to 18 snaps a game at edge rusher, that's a win, especially in the third round. I and he turns into being a, a you know developmental player that you can develop as the years go on. He's gonna be learning from Cleo Mack and Leonard Floyd while getting that game experience you know last season the bears had aaron lynch they had cleo mack they had um leonard floyd but behind that there really wasn't much experience for a guy like isaiah irving um so 
or Kylie Fitz. So when you look at it, yeah, I, I agree with that mindset. If you can get an edge rusher to come in, contribute, um, you know, maybe play, I'd say even 12 snaps a game, 10 or 12, I'd still think that's that's a win. Um, then you look at a defensive back, a guy like Lonnie Johnson, like you mentioned, who could be there in the third round, um, you're going to need depth eventually because Prince of Mukamura is not going to be here for the long term. Um, and then you look at safety. You could go in and find a safety that maybe you, you add into the rotation. I agree with you. I don't think – I'm not sold on the Bears taking a running back right away at 87 overall. And with the next year's class looking to be a lot better, it just kind of solidifies that as well. I think – like I mentioned, I, they might wait. I mean, would you be shocked if they waited to the fifth round to take a running back? Yeah, I think I – think Would you be completely rounds, shocked? Like, just I would be. no chance? I would be because I, I think one way because again I, and this is just but this is just my evaluation when I look at this running back class I mean I'm looking at basically I have I think what four or five guys that I have even you know grades basically third round or better on and then I have a bunch of guys in the fourth and the fifth round so I think that it's it's very likely that the Bears probably because I mean they've met with 17 running backs I mean I, I think it would be very likely that they would have probably four or five guys that they were at least somewhat high on or that they view as fits that they would want to, you know, spend a pick on that will be there in the fourth round. And I don't think that they're going to be able to bypass that. I think the reason that they'd be able to bypass in the third round is because, like you said, an edge rusher, defensive back, whatever it may be, because, and that's the other thing too, and maybe we can talk a little bit about this, is the fact that when you're, when you're looking at positional values, obviously comes into play here, but I think it's also worth mentioning that when you when you look at the numbers of drafting edge rushers, right? And we we've we've talked about this before. Obviously, they have Cleo Mack, they have Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd's fifth year option hasn't been picked up, but we know it will be at some point. Uh, and then they have Aaron Lynch, who's on another one year deal. And then after that, it's Isaiah Irving and Kylie Fitz, who haven't proven anything. The the thing with edge rusher to me is I think you either take one at 87 or in the third round period or you don't take one at all because if you if you look at the numbers and the success rate of edge rushers drafted after the third round the success rate is essentially the same as drafting a quarterback after the third round it's it's very very hard to come by a guy that is actually going to be a good edge rusher and I think that's something to keep in mind because with the Bears right now they don't have they don't have that the, the amount of picks to be able to take a chance on a, a low hit rate, if that makes any sense, right? I would rather see them if they're not going to go edge rusher and they go defensive back, which I think is more likely, personally. I think that defensive back is going to be a position, especially with, with uh, Chuck Pagano. He's always been somebody that likes to use a lot of defensive backs. So if that's the case, that's fine, whatever it may be. But I don't think they should force a pick at edge rusher. And I, I guess that's kind of one of my other points. Like I think that they'll take a running back within the first two the first two rounds, I don't really care what they do as long as they get good players. But I will be mildly irritated if they take an edge rusher after that third pick just because the historical data shows that the chances of you hitting on one of those guys, as we saw last year with Kylie Fitz, I, I get it's only one year, but the, the, the chances of you hitting on a guy after the third round at edge rusher is slim to none. And I don't think Ryan Pace can really afford to take a statistical chance like that. Yeah, it's, it's almost in a way, a wasted pick. Um, if you do wait to take one, maybe if you use one of the seventh rounders on, on edge rusher as well. Um, I, I wouldn't be completely shocked if they waited the fifth round. I don't think they're going to wait to the fifth round. I think it'll be in the fourth round. So they'll get their guy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the edge. I think edge on the third or, um, defensive back in the third, I'd go running back fourth. Um, fifth round, you can maybe play around and get a safety, 
And then seventh round, I like, you know, maybe go with, if you do take the kicker, um, wait it out, maybe take the kicker late. And then I like a guy like um, Tony Pollard who's kind of kind of just a uh, do-it-all type running back, wide receiver, kick returner if he's still there in the seventh round. Um, kind of like a little gadget back. Uh, do, Aaron, did you have any final thoughts before we wrap up on the draft? Um, I know it, your mock draft was put out today. Um, you do have the Bears taking Travion Williams in the fourth round. Um, and a tight end in the third round. So any any uh, draft tidbits or anything you want to uh, add before uh, we close out the show? Well, I think the one thing that's kind of stood out to me throughout this process, obviously we've touched multiple times on the fact that the Bears don't really have any high picks. They don't have a lot of picks. The one thing that's really stood out to me, and another thing that, that Ryan Pace did say in his, in his presser right before the draft, is the fact that they're going to sign 18 to 20 undrafted free agents, right? So I think that that's kind of worth keeping in mind because in, in everybody's free to do this. Uh, you can go on my Twitter profile. Uh, you can get the handle as we wrap up here. But I have it pinned on my on my profile, my, my visit tracker, and I tried being very meticulous this year. The one thing that I learned is that the majority of their top 30 visits, I think I tracked 28 overall. They even had some workouts and some other stuff. The majority of those visits were all guys that are late rounds or undra- you know, projected undrafted free agents. So I think that for as important as the draft is, and I mean, we can talk at length, uh, we have talked at length about this and, and who they should go with, what positions they should take. I think it's almost equally as important that the Bears use the fact that they're a good team, use the fact that there's going to be some available depth spots, use the fact that they've had guys like Bryce Callahan, like uh, Cam Meredith. They've had undrafted players. Roy Robinson-Harris, another another good example of guys that have come in, that have worked their way onto the roster, that have worked their way into starting roles or you know some sort of impact role to where they go out and they get paid. So I, I think that the undrafted free agency is going to be extremely important for the Bears because right now, I think the last time I checked, the Bears have 66 players on the roster since Zach Miller retired. So you think you factor in the five picks, so that would be 19 spots, plus obviously you're going to have rookie minicamp next week. You're going to have even more rookie, uh, undrafted rookies coming in, plus veteran tryouts, stuff like that. So, I mean, you're going to see probably 20, 25 new names on the roster uh, by the time we wrap up at the end of next week when they do the, the rookie minicamp and all that stuff. But I think that the undrafted free agent portion is going to be very important because whether it be kicker, whether it be, you know, whatever it may be, you know, finding that depth and, and, and enticing. Because, again, this is, a, this is a draft that maybe doesn't have a ton of top-end talent, but I, I firmly believe that it has a lot of good uh, mid-round talent in it. So, you know, obviously, all these not all these guys are going to get drafted. So you're going to have some of these some of these players that are going to hit undrafted free agency, and I think that's where the Bears are going to have to capitalize. You know, you you have to make up some steps because you're not going to hit on every single one of these picks. You know, it's just really as simple as that. If they hit on two out of the five guys, I think they're in good shape. Three out of the five would be about what Ryan Pace has been running three a year. Uh, which is good, but if you can find a way to get a Roy Robinson-Harris or you can find a way to get a Cam Meredith or a Bryce Callahan, somebody who can contribute for you and give you three to four cheap years of control uh, and good depth, I think that's also key. And if you can find a few of those guys as undrafted free agents, I think that's also big key. And I think the really big position to focus on there is going to be kicker because I think they're still going to add another kicker. I don't know whether they're going to draft one in the seventh round if they really like one. Uh, Ryan Pace did say that they are open to that depending on how their board falls. Uh, But at the same time, I think that one way or shape or form, they're going to add a kicker. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's an undrafted guy. But I think that's going to be 
like I said, equal is equally as important because those are where you find some of your cheap uh, depth guys and where Ryan Pace has been really good in the past. And I'm glad you brought up the kicker position um, with those undrafted free agents because I think it's very likely that we're going to see a kicker either draft in the seventh round or they're going to at least bring in another one for a competition or maybe bring in one to two for a competition again um, to kind of bring them into OTAs and then through into training camp. Um, yeah, that was some good stuff, Aaron. I'm, I'm just ready for the draft. I I know it's going to be a long wait to Friday night. The Bears are going to pick it. I believe the draft starts 6 Chicago time. So Bears should be picking just a little over after 8 p.m. or maybe no, a little later than that. So we'll hear from Ryan Pace after that. We'll have full recap. Um, we'll have coverage of the, dra- of the draft next week. We'll preview our Bears rookie minicamp next week, which kicks off, uh, I believe it's May 4th. No, 3rd. Third through the fifth, I want to say it is that Friday through Sunday. Um, Aaron, where can they follow you on Twitter at? Yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL. You can follow me at, at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. Um, you can read both of our work. Aaron's mock draft is out. Mine is coming out when this podcast is likely going to be up soon. So mine will be out. Looks like Thursday morning. Um, yeah, and we'll have uh, full draft coverage coming back. Make sure you stop by our forums. Make sure you rate, review. And like this podcast, and until next week, we will see you later. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.